0: As you un- like get into this thing, you realize like if everyone you, you're doing something wrong. Like when when every when they you know, and that's something that I've learned is like you can't worry about you know, so I heard somebody say it was really funny. He's like, Why am I going to let people with less skill than me like tell me what good content is? Or <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense, right? Like we want acceptance from people that aren't even as good at it as we are.
1: This is one of my favorite episodes, honestly, that I've ever done on the Become a Media Maven podcast. A few weeks ago, I was on e-commerce uncensored, loved Kevin and Jason from that podcast. So I said, okay, y'all got to come back and you have to talk to my audience, the people who listen to Become a Media Maven, because they're just really good at what they do. And they keep it real. And like me, they're a little unfiltered. They really take you behind the scenes of stuff. And in this episode, you are going to hear a little bit about what they do, but also how they partnered with somebody who didn't have a budget for digital marketing and Facebook ads or Google ads, needed some help building his email list, but again, didn't have a budget. A lot of people are in this position but he had really good content. Like he had a business that these guys were like, oh my God, we know we can make this successful. So they were like, let's go 50-50. Let's go half-sees," And that's how they went to $2 million in revenue in just 12 months. We do talk about the difference between revenue and profit. These guys are super candid, what I love about them. So you're gonna hear that story. And then you're also gonna hear Jason's story, something he did before he teamed up with Kevin at Ecommerce Uncensored. and how he worked to start bringing in $20,000 a month with a baking blog. You may have heard of Jason before. He was on an episode of Smart Passive Income with Pat Flynn, and he talked about this specifically. So if that sounds familiar, that may be where you've heard his story before. But he walks us through that. So you're going to hear two specific stories of how these guys are bringing in thousands of dollars every month. One went the advertising route the money route, the other one went the content creation route, the time route, and you're going to hear the good and bad with both, what works and what doesn't, and you're going to get a lot out of this episode, so I know you will enjoy this episode with the guys from the e-commerce Uncensored podcast, Kevin and Jason. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? welcome to become a media maven where tv reporter host and news contributor christina nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve and now to help you master your media coverage christina nicholson jason and kevin welcome to the become a media maven podcast
2: thank you so much christina
1: I am glad you guys are here. I was on your podcast not too long ago. Um, tell everybody about your podcast. If they don't already subscribe to e-commerce uncensored, what can people expect over there?
0: Okay, Kev, why don't you take this?
2: Well, I can tell you a little bit about myself first. I'm I've been in uh, the agency world for about 18 years, and it was primarily to start a, a graphic design slash photography. Then we moved into graphic design or then we moved into web design. And then about five years ago, Jason and I got together and we started putting most of our focus on, you know, just marketing in general. So email, Facebook, Google ads. And basically what we did, I think it was like three three or four years ago now, Jason, is we just decided to just start recording and uh, documenting some of our experiences that we went through with our clients and as well as some of our own kind of ventures that we started together th- uh, you know throughout the last 3 years
0: yeah and that's basically what happened we we decided to create a podcast that we only really uh we were experiencing you know and we thought that uh it'd be number one it'd be easy to come up with topics because we were kind of going through these these experiences we just kind of felt like you know we can just be honest and we, we talk about the good things, the bad things, the ups, the downs, things that work, things that didn't, you know, things that don't work just kind of how it went. And, uh, now four years later, I mean, you know, we're getting thousands and thousands of downloads and, um, yeah, we're helping a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, which is really cool to see. I get a lot of emails from people saying that they've been listening us, to us for a long time. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. It was,
2: That's it was awesome. kind of, I'm sorry. It's, it's funny cause it kind of started that, um, you know, we kind of started very structured and we would make these lists of topics to always talk about these tips and techniques. And then we're like, this just isn't us. We just need yeah. to like, let it go and just talk about whatever. And that's kind of ha- where we ended up. And you know I that Christina, what, you're think, on our podcast. I
1: do know. I do know. <laughs> I like that though, because I think not only do I like that as a guest, but I think people like hearing that, like they just want you to pop on and and talk. I mean, what was our prep for, for what we're about to do here? It was like, Hey guys, just talk about how you made a bunch of money in a short amount of time. Okay. That was our (laughs) prep (laughs) because like, you know, you know, the answers to the questions that I'm going to ask. That's why I'm bringing you on. So, you know, you don't really need that over the top prep. So give me an example of like something that you would talk about. Like, is it Hey, we're doing this for a client and let me walk you through what works and what doesn't work. Is it that sort of thing? Cause that's like super helpful for a lot of people.
0: It's a little bit of that, but it's also like, you know, one thing about hiring, hiring an agency is that, you know, we get to see what's happening across a lot of different industries, right? So if we're running Facebook ads for 15 clients, 20 clients, you know, we're in a lot of niches and we're seeing, you know, patterns and you know, we can see that stuff much quicker than even like a client of ours who is spending a hundred grand a month on Facebook. Right. Cause we're, we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever. Um, so it's more like things like, Hey, look, this is how we're getting more open rates in our emails. This is how, um, you know, our Facebook ads are kind of not working right now. There's an election going on. Things are kind of like crapping out. And, you know, those kind of things, um, you know, things that we struggle with, with our clients. I mean, we, you know, that's like a big thing, right? Clients like every day expect this like perfect scenario. And so we talk about
2: those kind of things. Yeah. And sometimes when we'll, we'll actually just talk about conversations we have with our clients and questions that they have that come up, even in like before we even give a proposal to a new client, they'll ask us questions about certain, certain things. And we figure it'd be like. This is probably questions that people out there are going to have, so we'll just kind of discuss that in detail. Sometimes it's actually he said we talk about clients and things, and like oh, maybe our hope our client isn't going to hear, hear this. We <laughs> do because we'll get in detail. We'll talk exactly about what we talked about and how we resolved any problems or came to a solution.
1: I do the same thing. I have talked. I don't want to say I've talked shit about clients, but sometimes <laughs> I've talked shit about clients and. I, I mean, I don't name them, obviously, um, and sometimes I'm a little vague, but I mean, w- not all clients are perfect, and some clients are a real pain in your ass, and you got to fire some, and it doesn't work out, and I think people like to see, you know, the other side, and it's all part, honestly, I mean- It's kind of part of setting expectations for the clients. Like this is, I mean, and especially in marketing, like people think they can hire, I mean, there's a lot under the marketing umbrella, but people think they can hire a certain kind of marketing agency and you're like going to make them famous in a week. You can guarantee all of these deliverables and this ROI when really at the end of the day, you can't force a customer or a client to do something. So it's, 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 a lot, I feel like there's a lot of education that goes into marketing. Now, with what you guys do, you have a little bit more data than I do on the PR side. Like the PR side, it's like brand awareness, people find out about you, like that's step one. And then the tracking of the analytics after that is usually handled by somebody a little bit more techie than us in in PR. So you guys have, I guess, a little bit advantage because you can put some numbers with, you know, like your social media ads, uh, to deliver to those clients. Right.
0: Yeah. But there's, there's also, th- it's, yes, that's hundred percent accurate. The, the problem is, is that we can't control everything, right? So for example, <clears throat> you mentioned that we made a lot of money in a short period of time, I've been doing it for 17 years. Kevin has been doing it for the close to the same amount, if not a little bit more, and you know, we've been in this, this agency world pretty much, and Uh, we started like rolling into like our own products, but one thing that's really different between our personal brand, which I'm sure we'll talk about the one that we went from zero to 2 million in, in 12 months, the difference between that and running ads or email or whatever marketing for a brand is that the reason we were that successful that quickly is because we, we did what we wanted to do. Like I didn't have some some company telling me like, look, you have to stay within this box and make us rich, right? Like there's a difference between that and Kevin and I getting on like, hey, let's send an email out every single day. This is what it's going to be about. Oh shoot. Oh shit. We misspelled something. No big deal. Let's change it. So it's just a different world. You know, the client tells you, you have to sell this. And when you have your own stuff, you're just like, we have to sell what the uh, customers want basically.
1: And I have done a podcast episode on like the things that clients do that drive us crazy and end up hurting them. It's like, you hire us and then you tell us what to do. Like, why are (laughs) you hiring us? Then you just do that if you know what to do. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the zero to 2 million in 12 months. Um, clearly it took you a few years to get there, to know what to do in 12 months to go from zero to 2 million. You didn't start on day one and then make 2 million in 12 months. So this is not an overnight success people that doesn't exist. And if it does exist, it's like a very rare, ridiculous story. Um, so tell us where you were when you started like your month one, where you are, what you're doing and what the idea was to, I mean, is this, is this a personal brand thing? Is this a product? What tell us the zero everything just go i'll be quiet i'll sit and
2: listen it was actually it was actually a podcast listener that reached out to us he he's a he's a pretty well-known wildlife photographer and he called us I think it was last around last august or september he called us and he said i just drove up the west coast from you know he spent he said he drove like 30 hours and he's like i listen to every single one of your podcasts on the way or most of your podcasts driving in my car and i just want to tell you like i really like what i'm what i hear He's like, I have this product and I'd like to work with you guys. And he didn't really, it wasn't very successful at the time. He had a much more successful other side of his business was these workshops and he didn't really have a lot of money. So we're like, okay. And we were, the agency part of our business was actually in a really good position at the time. So thankfully we were able to kind of think of this a little bit differently than we usually would as an agency. We'd be like, you know we like your product and everything, but we really can't afford wait, to wait, work wait, with you wait, at the time. Wait, 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 there wait, was wait, wait, some pushback from, from you. Oh, so. there was, there was, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. the more conservative, as you know, from our M- podcast, much more we, conservative. I'm the more conservative guy. So I'm more cautious when it comes to creating relationships cautious like this. You don't
0: want to do anything. <laughs> what do
2: you mean? I did, <laughs> yeah, so I finally this guy, caved he, and did this.
0: Yeah, right. So he he came to us, he's like, look, I don't have the kind of money to hire you guys. You know, our average retainer is probably like $5,000, $7,000 a month. Like if, if you really can't afford that, we typically, we don't, you know, get involved, um, in the past we have, but that's kind of where our number is now to start. We have people paying us $14,000 a month. So, you know, we try to stay at the higher end of, of things, uh, nowadays, but this guy didn't have any money. Um, he had this product that was like, you know, you know, he was maybe making a thousand dollars a month with, um, nothing really significant. Um, and he said to us like, Hey, what what would you need to be my partner? And like Kevin said, we were at a really good place with our agency where we weren't going to just jump into anything. Cause we know the time that it takes to make something like this work. Right. So we're like 50%. And he's like, I got to talk to my wife. <laughs> so So
1: you were just going to do like an affiliate deal. Like you take half, I take half.
0: Yeah, well, we were gonna be a partner. We're like a we partner, just split, yeah. Yeah. We just split okay. it. 50-50. Well, okay. Fifty fifty. The
2: biggest decision came when we looked at his content. Like he had really a really good product. And we, we looked at some of his ads and some of the things he was working on, his email, and we just saw it and we're like, if we can just tweak things here and there and optimize certain things here, this could be a really successful thing. And that's kind of where it all went.
1: What was yeah. it? What was the product?
2: It's, it's a digital it's an online wildlife photography magazine and it's um it's called Journal of Wildlife Photography, and it's a little different than like your standard photography magazine. He's a biologist, so he talks a lot about not just angles and how to use the camera. He talks about like what an animal does or where it's going to go, behavior. where to capture it, animal behavior, and how to find the animals. So it goes in in great depth about those kinds of things, not just how to shoot it, but where to find it and how to find it. Okay, yeah, very. Cool. If I could say something, Christina, because. You you
0: and I both run Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast. Everywhere. Yeah. And I had a blog that was uh, a baking blog that was doing 20k a month.
1: Oh yeah, you got to tell me about that. When we get done with Journal of Wildlife <laughs> Photography, we're going into that,
0: Jason. <laughs> you got it. Um so like I I was always on the other end of these things, you know, the EO fires, the passive incomes, and I always heard people like us get on and and like talk about all the success and like I would try to pull out these tidbits, you know, of like What's really making it work? So I just want to say like to your audience that, you know, you have to start out with a product that's good, right? Like people have to want what you're selling them, right? Like you can't force people to buy something that they don't want. So when we looked at his stuff, we looked at the numbers, right? Like he was doing everything wrong and people were still engaging. People were still, you know, spending a little bit of money with him. So I said to Kevin, like, dude, man, like if we can, if people are buying and he's doing everything wrong, let's, you know, do everything right. And I, and and we can blow this thing up. So why we say zero to 2 million in a a year is because everything that he did before us, he kept, and we started from nothing. We started from ground zero. He just kept that stuff. And we just, uh, kind of built from nothing.
1: Mm -hmm. And I want to point out that he did a lot of work, not just. To have all of his knowledge in wildlife, but to be a great photographer, to have that good content, and then you have the background in what you guys do best, which is marketing the stuff online, again not an overnight success. It's like when people come to me, they're like, can you teach me how to be on TV? And I'm like, well, I went to college for it. I had some internships. I've stood in hurricanes for hours and you know, I did this. I lugged around a camera and tripod. I knocked on sex offenders door. I got yelled (laughs) at on live TV. Like I did all that stuff. So if you want to do that to be on TV, cool. Good luck to you. Like people don't understand, like there's so much that happened before this. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay. So what was, the partnership, like you have the stuff, like you are like this expert and we are like the marketing and selling experts. And then you just, you just go half seas. Like, what did you do for him that went from a thousand dollars a month to 2 million in a year?
2: Well, it ended up kind of being like a a perfect partnership for us because Jason and I have started several things and failed at several things. And we were successful at several things. We always had a little bit of a issue with the content side of things. So we would create these businesses and we'd have these great ideas. And it was like, okay, we need to get some shit out there, make some videos. We need to write emails. We need to create blog posts. And that's kind of like where, where the business str- ended, where we struggled. <laughs> we're like, oh, this could be work in this. And it was just, it just wasn't our, uh, our, you know, strength. Our, our strength. So when he came along, we're like, wow, this guy knows his shit. He can, he can produce great videos. He can write these articles and it just became this perfect connection because exactly what you said, we're like, okay, you create the videos, you do your thing, you create the content and we'll handle all the Facebook ads, email and everything marketing.
0: Yeah. And one thing Christina, when we spoke on our podcast, we talked about a team, right? Building a team and how like, you know, there is no way we can go from zero to 2 million if it was just like one of us, right? like it's just not possible. Um, you know, I've started blogs, I've started like other, like, you know, it's just, you can't be in all places at one time. And you know, while I'm doing Facebook ads, Kevin's doing email, he's writing content, we're putting it on social media. So like, we're like three people that are in three different places at one time. And it's, it's, you know, it's, we're able to put that kind of oomph behind the business because it's just not one of us doing it. Um, And that's like a big thing. Like we we've like actively, you know, seeked out other business owners to partner with because they know what they could do. We know what we could do. Um, and going back to the baking blog, you know, that's exactly what I did. I was, I was the marketing person. My partner was the professional pastry chef. Um, and that's kind of how it, how it went as well. So, you know, every, all the experiences that I've had personally where I've been ultra successful, um it's always been like a partnership and it's just because you can just execute much quicker.
1: So what did you do to make money with the Journal of Wildlife Photography?
0: Real simple. Um we Oh it is. Great. Awesome. It... This
1: is going to be easy people. <laughs> Real simple. Down. Here it... we go. Write
0: this down. It's really it's really easy. And I think if I look at me today, right? Like our agency, we're not really shy to say this. Like our agency always hovered around a million dollars, right? It was, you know, 800k a million. It's just like it was it was a lot of work to make that million dollars. Um, but that's kind of where we hovered around, right? Um
1: and you don't want to hover year after year. You want to keep growing.
0: You want to keep although
1: it's a lovely place to hover if you're gonna hover somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not <laughs> not terrible. But <laughs> the problem is a mil a million with like ten employees is not really that that impressive, right?
1: You have expenses people. People get they get so caught up in the revenue. It's yeah. like you got expenses, it's what's left over in the end.
0: Exactly. And that's, and that's really what, at the end of the day, we're like, we're like looking at this, you know, P and L we're like, holy shit, like, you know, where's all this money going, you know? Mm -hmm. So what we did was very, very simple. Right. And I, and I say that because when you're on the outside looking in, when you're looking at the Pat Flynn's and the EO fires, you know, um, John Lee Dumas, and I'm not sure how familiar your audience is with them, but it's really easy to say like, Oh my God, their business is so complicated. Right. In reality, we simplified everything, right? So we found an offer that people wanted. Number one, the offer. The offer what is- was it? it? was basically the Journal of Violet Photography. Um, we added a lot of like, you know, fr- other eBooks to it. And that's a whole nother thing. In my Facebook course, I talk about like creating an, an irresistible offer. But basically it's a digital magazine. We offer some add-ons, bonuses on it. Uh, and we come up with this like really cool offer, and then once you have that offer and you have you know uh, something that people want, really it comes down to two things: building an email list and going and going and not being being afraid to go to go big. You know, it's 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 right in in between your ears. That is the biggest problem with going from zero to two million for most people is like we saw that we had something that people wanted. And we just kept pushing, spending more money, more money, more money. We were spending, you know, $5,000 a day. Um,
1: Holy smokes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then, We got back $5,000. Yeah. So we got back 10 grand. So, you know, it's really what it comes down to is you have an offer that people want. You build an email list so that you can reach out to them whenever you want. And you have, you know, you, 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 you know, beat the hell out of Facebook ads. I mean, that was really what it was for us.
1: And that's, I think the scary part. So I want you to talk to me about that because especially when you're starting new, like this guy's making a thousand dollars a month and you come in there and you're like, well, we're going to spend thousands a month on Facebook ads. A day. Like we spend
0: 90,000 a month.
1: (laughs) You spent 90,000. We do
0: every month. $90,000.
1: Okay. Talk to me about. I mean, I don't want to be like so super nosy, um, but there is a difference between revenue and profit. So talk to me about the amount of money that you guys were spending and what you were getting back. Because I know for people listening, it's like they spend a little bit, maybe $5 a day. And then when they see something works, it's like, oh, let's go up to $10. Let's go up to $15 just because it is super scary to invest that much. And I mean, like I know people who claim to be and appear to be Big time influencers in their industry. And I know at the end of the day, after their ad spend, they're not bringing home like an extra dollar. Like they're not profiting. So talk to me about the whole investing a shit ton of money, not knowing what you're going to get back. And then I want you to, you know, talk about in this situation what the profit was looking like in relation to the revenue.
0: Yeah. I just right. want to say one thing, Kevin, then you can answer that. Knowing your numbers is what it comes down to knowing your KPIs and knowing where your your cost of acquisition needs to be, knowing where, you know, how much your average order value is. If it's not where it needs to be, you got to learn how to get, you know, bring those kind of things up. But Kev, you could talk about, you know, what we, what we spend and what we make.
2: Yeah. I mean, that was definitely a hurdle for me. Like I said, I'm very conservative. So when it came mm-hmm. down to spending, you know, three, $4,000 a day, you know, after I, you know, took my pills and and got over that, you know, and I, and I started to realize that, you know, you're not necessarily going to make that money back on, on the front end of your Facebook ads all the time, but it's when you can, you know, like Jason said, build your email list. And we used Facebook a lot to build our email list, knowing that, you know, our Facebook ads aren't maybe going to show a profit right on that day or that conversion when you, that, that they have. In some cases, people weren't buying for like 45 to 50 days. So it did, it was a little bit of a learning process to really see and make, have them make sense. And like I said, you know, prior to this, and prior to some of our, our higher end clients that we were getting at the time, we didn't have any experience with spending this kind of money, so it was kind of new to us. But we kind of just learned, we kind of taught ourselves along the way. And as we saw the sales coming in, we're like, "Wow, we just need to scale. This is working. Need to scale, scale." And we scaled slowly, and as much as our credit card could handle at the time. And then once we could see, and we it's very easy. Um, it's very hard to, to not look at it so granularly. And for me, that's what I always did be like, okay, we need to find out where every dollar came from. Be like, Oh, we need to track it back to like an email or or a Facebook ad or a Google ad or something like that. But what I started doing was just take kind of taking a step back and I, Jason's probably thinking it like, wasn't that easy. He didn't just take a step back, but yeah, eventually I would just- take a step back and be like, okay, the revenue that's coming in is, 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 somewhere around a two X. And that's kind of where we're at now. It's like a two X return on our ad spend. We spend 80, we get back 160. So that's our only
0: cost, right? And 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 it's a recurring
2: and it's an annual membership in in a lot of cases. So we
0: know that
1: that
2: we
0: have a $97 annual subscription and a $297 lifetime.
1: Okay. So that is pretty low cost product to have $2 million in revenue. Like that is a volume game. Like you need to get a lot of people.
0: 10,000 subscribers in one year. Yeah.
1: Wow. And it was, it was this a hundred percent Facebook ads? Like what's the breakdown of the marketing?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like Kevin said, I mean, um, we don't make everything so granular like a lot of people do. Okay, what do we spend this month? And what do we get back? We don't really care how it came in. We don't really, that doesn't really matter to us so much because at the end of the day, like you said, I want profit. So right now the breakdown has been, we've made two, 2 million and we've, we've, our profit was a million. And
1: that's pretty damn good.
0: That's, that's really right. It's really good. But what we've did, what we've done is like, we've lowered our expectations on the return on Facebook, right? Everybody listens to these gurus, like you said, and I can think of a couple right now who you think are making all this money. And at the end of the day, they're not really making that kind of money. Um, but you know at,
1: why it's because they care more about how they look online than the actual money that they make.
0: Yeah. Right. And I can care less. how I, lie. I, I, really, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't pay the bills. How I look online doesn't pay the bills people. <laughs> no, it
0: doesn't. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, you know, when you hit on something like this, you know, it's nice. I mean, your life changes. I mean, it's, it's, and it's, it sounds crazy, but you take a million dollars, you split it, split it up between three people. You know, it's, it's a good living, um, Plus we have already
1: one form of income. There's lots of other, you know, revenue streams happening here with Jason and Kevin.
0: Yeah. There's other ones we, yeah, obviously. So yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, um, we, we've always said like, you know, we know email is huge because you pay for the people up front once and you can email them as many times as you like. That is, if I were to say there's one secret to all this is, is, Investing in an email list and not being afraid to understand that that hundred bucks that you spent today you may not get back for thirty days, right? You just you just may not. And I think that's like where Kevin and I always struggled. We're like, oh my God, we spent a hundred dollars today, we made back fifty. Let's turn everything off. Like, no, 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 no. Like, figure out what you've made over a week and try to be profitable over a week. Then try to be profitable over a month, and then you can kind of
2: scale out that way. I think we've tried very hard to not actually rely completely on Facebook. Yes, Facebook brings new customers in on a regular basis. We break even, but we know that total Our I think right now, 45% of our our revenue, 45 or 50% come from our email list. So for instance, uh, last week, Facebook had a glitch in the matrix somewhere and shut a bunch of our ad accounts down. And for someone Which who's, is very common. Yeah. And for someone who's relying completely on Facebook, that could be a really scary thing. That's a business. And it, it scared us for a second for, for a few minutes until we realized it was a glitch, but we know that we can always rely on our, our email list. Yeah, to, and we to,
0: built to, in one year we have a we went from zero to sixty thousand people on our list. Yeah.
1: Are we still talking about Journal of Wildlife Photography? Yes. Or is this, okay, okay. Yes. That's amazing. Okay, so I kind of like this business model a lot because for the wildlife photographer, it was like a no risk thing for him. Right. I mean, it, I mean, I guess was he spending money on ads? I mean, I guess he was spending half of the money on ads and then it was a revenue share after that.
0: Yeah. he wasn't really making much, but the scariest part for him is giving up 50% of his business, right. To some, right. some dudes, you know. Um, but for us, it wouldn't be worth it for us to do it for any less. Cause we just know the time and the and what we have to put into it so for him it was mainly just giving up that much of the business which was a, the difficult part um outside of that he listened to our podcast he knew we knew what we were talking about he knew that we knew what we were doing and he was confident that we can help him so he he didn't take much time he thought about it with his wife or talked about it with his wife he came back a couple of days later he's like let's go
2: um it was such a huge timing thing too to be honest with everything that the stars aligned to be cliche but with where our agency was at the time, the amount of money we were bringing from the agency, with the amount of clients we were working with, with the team that we had at the time, we had some extra revenue. We're like, let's invest. Let's, this is a really good product. We have you know, high hopes on it. and Let's just do it. And we kind of just went with it. And it was just the way it, it all worked out together.
1: So are you guys ready for a bunch of people to reach out to you and be like, "Hey, Kevin, Jason, I got this cool product. Do you want to go Hapsies?" <laughs> we yeah, thought about doing that. that.
2: We're like, "There's got to be more of this guy out there. Let's maybe we can start reaching out to people like him and bring more content and kind of influencer type people in to our, you know, into a partnership." And we did do that a little bit, you know. And then we were like, "Do we? This, this is what we want to be. Do we want to be here? Do we want to have more freedom and just focus on this one thing?" So. We went back and forth on that kind of thing as well.
0: Yeah, and I didn't tell you that my other partner, she sued me, Um, and that was another scary part of all this, right? Because like, there's a partnership with Kevin and I, then there's a partnership with this other guy, um, and you know, I went through it. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. So I we looked at the numbers, we looked at his, you know, what he was doing, and in the end, we ended up doing it. And Kevin's right, like, look, you know, 17 years, we worked our asses off, and we got lucky. I mean, we met someone who has a really good product. We knew how to sell it. And here we are, you know? At, I mean...
2: Yeah, at the time, we actually had two other... The same thing happened with two other people where partnerships came together. I don't know what the timing was at that, but this was the one that kind of just happened. You know what I mean? It's just like, well, like Jason the other, said. The other partnership we were doing really, really well with,
0: but they weren't the right partners. So um, they also went from zero to... I don't know, they were doing a couple thousand a day. Yeah. Um, like in like months. Uh, but they you gotta have the right people working together. And if you don't have ethical people who really care about customers, it's just not gonna work out. And And it's
1: sad to say that's like a problem to find ethical people. I mean, I just told you guys before we started recording, I am now out of the closet and in the corner of my bedroom. Because I'm not getting the she shed that I paid somebody <laughs> a lot of money to start. Um, so, yeah, finding ethical, ethical people who actually care about, you know, the people they're working for is a struggle. Um, OK, this was cool. I love this conversation a lot. Um, I want to hear about how we're making twenty thousand dollars a month off of a baking blog. So, Jason, somebody else was doing the baking and the picture taking and the writing. And what were you doing? to I'm guessing how was the $20,000 coming in? Was it all like revenue based off of ads because there was a lot of traffic to the blog or no, zero, was it zero, sponsored ads. Con- zero yeah. ads? Was it zero sponsored ads. content? How are, how are you making this money off this blog?
0: So the, so with the, with the blog it's a little bit different. Obviously with a baking blog, it's even more different because baking blogs they're they're, you know, they're not exactly, and I don't mean to sound bad about this, but they're not business people. So it's not like they have thousands of dollars. Um, to spend on a product right they're typically um people that stay at home and they just bake all day right like that's that's what it is you know men and women so it's not just one it was a lot there was a lot of men that did the same thing um so with that it's sheer numbers right it's like how do you build the biggest audience and drive them to the website as much as you can right so what we did was um exactly what we did with the journal we built an email list only the the list Grew a little bit quicker there. I mean, we must have had. I think we had over over a hundred k, hundred thousand subscribers in 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 a year, maybe.
1: What do you target? Like people who like baking shows on the Food Network, or what?
0: So no, we didn't do any ads. What we did was, um, we had a YouTube channel, and okay. what we did, we, and we we had a, about one hundred and sixty thousand subscribers. We had a million views um, per month, and what the mistake that people make is that like they they create a YouTube channel, right? And then on their YouTube channel, they try to keep everybody on their YouTube channel. Like, oh my God, like go check out this other video. Like, oh my God. And we did like the the complete opposite. We would do things like, if you wanna use the spatula that Gretchen uses, go to our website and we would give the link, right? And then And then like there's millions of people watching these videos evergreen. And there'd be millions of people (laughs) every month clicking over to our website. And then when they get to the website, we ask for their email address and then they get on the email address uh, email list. And now we're sending them emails and now we're selling them eBooks. She would create eBooks and we would create them for each holiday. So for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, for, you know, and then we would sell each ebook and the beauty. One thing that we're not doing with the journal that we need to be doing, it's just been a little bit of a, a struggle is, you know, I, we could double our revenue, so we're doing two million right now. we probably could do four million if we just had another product to sell people, and we don't. The baking blog, because we would keep creating these ebooks, the people who loved the ebooks would just keep buying. So like, I'd send out an email, like, "Hey, we got this new ebook. We'd you know sell a thousand copies of it or whatever. Um, so what, what we did with the blog, if any of you guys have a blog out there, everything we did. We drove people to the blog, everything, you know, Facebook blog, um, you know, YouTube blog and the blog was our home base because at any, we wanted our equity to be built on our platform. I didn't want YouTube to take us down and we lose everything. So we trained and I don't mean (laughs) trained, but we, that's a bad word, but we, you know, everybody, (laughs) we would make sure that everybody would come back to the blog and then on there we would have ads. And then on there we would sell things. And we even had like an FBA program with Amazon where we created our own baking mat. It was endless. Um, so, so with yeah. the
1: blog, it was products.
0: The bro- the blog, it was products. It was digital products. It was, it was, you know, um, baking mats. Um, it was anything that we can come up with because we had like this, this raving community who would just buy anything that we sold, you know? And again, my ex-partner, um, and I, she is probably, she went to the Culinary Institute of America. She was one of the best culinary, um, you know, bakers out there. So, um, that helps.
2: It helps a lot. Well, you think the the secret to that too, Jason, wasn't it like the content and the, the, the the quantity of content and how often you guys would post. And I think that's, uh, a, can be a problem. Like we said, when we create a business, we have an issue with the content. It's so hard to see it through. And I'm sure I didn't know Jason at the time, but I assume it didn't happen overnight. They had to produce videos every single day, maybe a few a day. And we did like four,
0: four YouTube videos a week. We had a studio, we'd go in the studio. It is, but again, you know, I that's would do how the you technic- get a
1: million dollars or a million views a month. Like, that's- cause that's the hard part. I think, and you know, you talked about the, the ads, Targeting for Journal of Wildlife Photography. That's where it started. You got to spend money to get those eyeballs, or you got to spend time like the baker did on YouTube creating all of that content. And with both of them, whether you're spending a lot of money up front or you're spending all the time up front, you don't know where it's going to end because there's a lot of people who spend money and get nowhere. There's a lot of people who spend time doing stuff and get nowhere. Like you just have to commit to either spending the money or spending the time to have that outcome of that success.
0: Yeah. And there's one thing I would say with both bis- businesses that I think your audience would, you know, learn from is like, you know, we, there was never once, never one time in the four years that I was doing the baking vlog that we believed that we could fail. Like, we would just get up every day and go create these videos. And we did not think about if people were going to like them. We did not think about because people are going to like some and people are going to not like other ones from in that business. It was just a matter of pure volume. And you know, the truth was our blog didn't look the best. Um, but it, it grew the fastest and it was basically from the sheer volume of putting stuff out. If I had to do it all over again, I would choose spend the money because that's, that's a lot of time. We're kind of of like
2: in the reverse of that situation. Like you say, you either spend the money to bring the audience or you just take the time and create this content. And we're kind of like at the front end of this thing, we spent the money to bring in and now we can't need to go back and we need to start creating more content to bring more revenue in and have our customers that we already acquired buy more. So it's kind of, we did it in the reverse way for the journal. So that's, yeah,
0: there's a lot of different ways to do it. It's not, there's not just one way. And that's why I always laugh when I hear people say like, this was my su- secret to success. Like there is no secret. I mean, for me, it's like find something that people want and then work your ass off. I <laughs> mean, that's what it comes down to.
1: I think it's the work your ass off that's the problem. Like I I um compare this to looking like Britney Spears pre-2007. It's like you can work out and eat healthy. Like we all know how to have smoke and hot bodies. You work out and you eat healthy. But actually doing it is a completely different thing. Like if you work out and you eat healthy, you will have a smoking hot bod. But that's just too much freaking work for all of us so we don't do it. It's the same thing for building a successful business. You either spend money on the right things or you spend your time doing the right things. And then it should happen. Like if you're doing the right things and you're investing time or money, like I don't know how it couldn't happen.
0: You you have to be okay with things not always going right as well. I mean, one thing that Kevin, I think, you know, I'm more of like I have a thick skin. Like it doesn't, and and that's not that was acquired from the baking blog, right? Because like I didn't always have that. But as you un, like get into this thing, you realize like if ever affects you, you're doing something wrong. Like when when every when they're you know, and that's something that I've learned is like you can't worry about. You know, so I heard somebody say it was really funny. He's like, why am I going to let people with less skill than me, like, tell me what good content is or (laughs) like, it doesn't make any sense, right? Like we want acceptance from people that aren't even as good at it as we are, right? It doesn't. So you got to learn how to just keep
2: moving. One of the first things Jason and I did when we got together, when I, after I took him out of the gutter and took him out of poverty and brought him back to life about five years ago, you know, Jason had this experience with this baking blog. So he had this formula that he felt like he could turn other people into these people who could have these websites or these blogs that could generate a bunch of money. And Rome was like, all right, this is awesome. And this is the first time I, I actually went ahead and I wanted to invest in it. I thought it was a great idea. We were collecting emails. We were doing all the right things. But it really came down to that part of it that we couldn't get people to do. the actual work side of it like we would get yeah yeah, we created a
0: course we spent $25,000 creating a course and we you know people bought it just not enough to support what we were spending but you know it was a good learning experience but like you said Kev it was hard to get everybody like made the blog it was like nice it was like great (laughs) but then like to actually get them to do everything that I was telling them they had to do is like nobody wanted to do
2: it so yeah, I mean, you gotta I make a blog. It. You gotta make a blog every day. You gotta make a video every day, and they're like, "Oh, wait, I gotta do, I gotta do that too." And I, I'm not doing Right.
1: That. <laughs> I mean, I wish I have a lot of people who buy the media mentoring program, and you know, it's it's you get ten weeks of online courses, and if you get the VIP version, you get to hop on a call with my team, and we'll walk you through things as you implement them. We have a Facebook group, like you can Vox me, like we are here, and I am shocked at the amount of people who spend the money on the VIP program and they will not book their coaching calls. They will not post in the Facebook group. And it used to bother me a lot. Like I used to get like mad at these people because I'm like, listen, this isn't going to work unless you do the work we're telling you to do. Like I would get pissed because I was like, what is the point? Like I was mad. They were wasting their money. And now I've gotten to the point where like I am not in control of other people. They are responsible for what they do on a daily basis. It's not me. But like I I guess just for myself, I have never cha- take that back I have. Um I have bought a few things that I haven't even opened yet. But um I have never like purchased time with a person, whether it be part of an online program or a business coach. I mean, I don't think in in my last three years of working with coaches, I've ever missed a call because it's like, why would I spend money on something and not show up for these calls and not do what they tell me to do? Like, that's just such a waste of time and money. I don't understand this, this obsession with people investing in online courses or in books and and all of this stuff. And then they either don't consume it or they do consume it. And then they do nothing with what they learn. It, It boggles my mind.
0: And that's the majority of people. I mean, it the one is. thing, and it's crazy. I mean, what what the one thing that like I've learned is that like, if you work your ass off in the beginning and you get something that's working, you get the freedom later, right? Like I played golf yesterday. I didn't even look at a computer when I got home at like whatever seven o'clock. I was on the computer for a few hours, but as you become more successful, you get you you get the freedom back that you think you're going to lose by working your ass off and there's no one that i know of that's ever been successful that hasn't done it who hasn't put the work in i mean you just have to put the work in and working with somebody like yourself or working with someone like us you know you can get a you can learn a lot of shortcuts but there is no shortcut to working your ass off it's just there isn't right
1: Drop drop the mic, boys. Just drop the mic. <laughs> That's it. Call drop it. A day. it. Call drop it. it. <laughs> um, a anything. This was amazing. I mean, we're like already longer than any other guest, I think, on the but podcast. But you knew that
0: coming into this though, right?
1: I mean, well, I guess there's two of you. So like, let's add a couple minutes because we got double the guests um, than we usually have. Um, but you guys just have so many amazing things to say. So I just had to let you keep on saying it. I um, well, we appreciate that e-commerce uncensored, go find the podcast. Not only is it amazing because I've been on it before, um, but because, you know, who knows, you may have an idea. Here. Oh, here we go. You may have an idea and Jason and Kevin will say, Hey, great. Let's go half seas, make you a millionaire. Um, no, leave them alone. Don't flood them. Um, or do, I mean, who no, knows? no, we're cool. Well, I it, mean, it, we're not going to do that, guys. Yeah, It'll the idea thing is probably me. not
2: right. We like having <laughs> conversations. We like having the conversations though. We will get we've gotten on the phone several times. There's listeners that sign up for you know 30 minutes or whatever, and we just chat with them. We love it.
1: Yeah. I like it. Okay, cool. So check out Jason and Kevin. I mean, what should I link to in the show notes, boys? Tell me. Besides the podcast.
2: Podcast I is good. Yeah, ecommerce Some
0: Send yeah. us emails. You got any questions? Jason at ecommerceuncensored.com. Kevin at ecommerceuncensored.com. Happy to answer any questions. Um, like I said, we're probably not in the let's partner up in the idea stage, but if you have something <laughs> that's, it really that's, helps us like, with
2: ideas on the podcast too. Cause we, the two of us usually sit with each other and like, what are we going to talk about today? And be like, Oh, I got an email from this guy or this guy posted in the Facebook group. Let's just talk about that. So it helps us there too. Exactly. Can I
1: just say, it's really nice of you to just like, here's my email, send me an email and let me chat with you. I like get anxiety every time i check my email i actually this past weekend was the first time this is going to sound ridiculous to people but it was the first time i went an entire weekend saturday and sunday without checking my email and i don't even know how many years which is sad but it was something that like i started and now i'm just going to keep doing it because I'm not a doctor saving lives. And if I was, I wouldn't be doing that over email. So there's no reason for me to check my email on the weekend and to do it for the first time in years or not check my email for the first time in years. I was like, this is this needs to be a regular occurrence. So for you guys to be like, hey, email me, let me see how I can help. (laughs) very generous of you. Yeah. We, what, folks and I.
0: Well, I mean, I don't like the whole, you know, I was on the other side of the fence not too long ago. Right. And you know, you get these people who just, they're so standoffish and it's, it's a lot of reason why I'm not, I don't, I'm not hate, hating on anybody, but it's a lot of the reason why we've stayed out of the whole, you know, click of, of marketers. We just, You know, I was struggling. Uh, Honey, I
1: get it. I get it. A few months ago, I did a podcast episode on why I got out of online business. Yes, I have my online programs, but I don't promote them. I don't do launches. I don't do Facebook ads trying to enroll you. I don't email my list about it. I don't do that shit anymore because I feel like the people in online business, air quotes, are just, I mean, I think they've given it a bad name and I just don't want to be associated.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Try to help people. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much, Christina. That was awesome.
1: Thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out that online course that I offer with the VIP program that we mentioned in the episode, you can check that out at MediaMentoringProgram.com. I used to talk about this a lot more than I do now. Um, But yeah, I basically teach you how to be your own publicist. If you don't want to invest a lot of money, then you can just buy the online course. You can hop in the Facebook group with that online course and get help from me and my team and other people. In there, you can also upgrade to the VIP version. And in the VIP version, you will get access to me and my team. You can vox us anytime. You can email us anytime. Um, Obviously, you get the course in the Facebook group along with that as well. And we will help you basically with anything that you need. We just don't do the actual pitching for you. Sometimes we do, though. I mean, if you have a great story idea and we help you with the ideas, we help you with the pitches, and we know somebody who would like it, we send it to them. And we CC you like we make media introductions in the VIP program. So if you want to find out more about that, you can check it out at media mentoring program.com. And if you want to get on more podcasts, if you want to pitch the e-commerce uncensored podcast, if you want to just get on more podcasts to build your personal brand and get more people to know, like, and trust you, make sure you check out podcast clout, podcast clout.com. We are offering free trials We don't need your credit card to get started. You can um, search and filter up to 15 different ways, and you can basically find not only the podcast that would be a good fit for you and your audience, but you can also find all of the contact information that you need, the podcaster's website, their email address, their online form for pitching. We do all of that admin and research work to save you time. Yes, you could do it on your own, but it will take you hours (laughs) because you do need to pitch a lot of podcasts. I mean, you could pitch 10 podcasts and maybe you just get one person reaching out to you to set up an interview to be on their podcast. It depends on your pitch. It depends on your timing. It depends on what podcast you're pitching. Are you one of 400 people pitching that podcast that day or not? So there's a lot that goes into it. We also have lots of cool, fun resources at podcastclout.com. Check out the blog, and you can find out um, a lot about pitching and how to pitch and a little bit behind the scenes of the industry. And if you haven't already, I am sharing the exact pitch that I sent to get on Pat Flynn's podcast the very first time that I was on. This was probably, oh my gosh, four or five years ago now. I was on Smart Passive Income for the first time. He didn't know who I was. We didn't have any mutual friends, and I got on his podcast. And I'm sharing the exact pitch that led to the booking. And I'm telling you what happened afterwards, like how I followed up, how we recorded the episode, how long it took for it to go live, and what happened after. So for all of that information, check it out at podcastclout.com slash pat, And you can get access to that. That will help you in your pitching efforts. That is all I have for you today. If you have not already, please tap that subscribe button and leave me a rating or a review. And if you're not already watching these, please watch these episodes. I have come out of my closet, as you heard me say in this episode. So I do have my little corner office set up in my bedroom. And you can see me. You can see Kevin. You can see Jason. You can see all of the people that I'm interviewing here on the Become a Media Maven podcast. So again, thank you so much for listening. I will see you again here very soon. Make it a great day.